eight obstacles that enterprise support in WordPress and WordPress development companies. We work with various enterprises, uh, mainly medium enterprises as well as some mature startups, and we get some common objections during uh, sales calls and negotiations and project meetings and also my technical consulting. And I've collected a list of specific obstacles that are quite common and almost always are part of uh, our sales conversations or so. So I, I go through the first eight of them and at a later point I'll record another batch of seven more that are quite common. So stay tuned and in the meantime, let's uh, jump right in. First one, of course, is WordPress isn't secure enough for enterprises. And WordPress security has always been beaten up as something that's quite problematic and uh, you know WordPress is insecure, all the websites get hacked and whatnot, which is, to be honest, not really true. And WP Smackdown created a, a chart, they designed a stat, and uh, this stat kind of reported the major problems or the most common reasons WordPress websites get hacked. So hosting ranked at uh, 41% as one of the primary reasons, especially when it comes to, uh, given the fact that you know WordPress installations could be outdated and you may have staging websites up and running that are not really up to date and you may be using a shared host which really isn't secure and someone else could be hacked and so forth. Themes ranked at number two with uh, 29%. So by far, again, we've discussed premium themes previously, it's uh, quite common. Um, plugins are also 22% because similarly to themes, you don't really get a vast community of people reviewing plugins for security and uh, keeping track of ongoing updates or whatnot. And 8% are kind of committed to weak passwords, which again is completely a human error. So when you think of it, the WordPress core doesn't really uh, pop up at all. It's primarily hosting themes, plugins, and human mistakes, weak passwords, open Wi-Fi networks, and stuff like that. And that's, that's actually legit. The WordPress core itself is extremely secure. Yes, sometimes there may be some security vulnerabilities, None of those is really as easy as, you know, you get to a random URL and you enter a hard-coded username and password and you gain full access to the server, right? I mean, sometimes there are specific ones that usually lead to elevated privileges in a very specific case when certain plugins are active or whatever be it, but it's really not as easy as most people make it to. And again, the WordPress core, when maintained properly, is really not a problem in terms of uh, security. So. Uh, again, you should be safe if you're working with the right agency, if you're paying enough for hosting with the right company and so forth, picking carefully with themes and plugins, uh, you're good to go. Number two is the, there is a convoluted, convoluted marketplace with no authority. What do I mean by this? Um, there are many solutions doing more or less the same thing, not enough focus on the user base or any specific best practices or anything else prepared particularly for the enterprise. And that's kind of kind of legit for the most part, but uh, first off, I'm going to uh, get back to the previous point that over 20% of the hacked websites are due to uh, poorly coded plugins. So just keep that in mind that, you know, verifying authorities is quite important. So just making sure that you work with established plugin authors that created something is, is quite important. WordPress.org, uh, which is kind of the public repository for free plugins, perform some specific plugin reviews and make sure that at least some general mistakes are not incorporated in any of the plugins through some automated scans and so forth. Of course, you can't rely on that blindly. 
and things may happen, uh, but it's a better place to look at uh, when compared to a random author and a basically random search query on Google that leads you to a specific plugin. And the second thing is that, again, enterprises work with professional agencies. And of course, when you pick a professional agency, you expect them to guide you, to pick the right infrastructure, to consult you, to perform code, and, uh, code security and performance reviews, make sure that stability is in place uh, and, and you know have everything else in, in place in order to make it work. So that convoluted marketplace, it's right. You know, you have tons of different plugins, tens of thousands of plugins available out there, maybe close to 100,000 right now. But it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It just means that you don't have a collection of, say, top 200 plugins to pick from because, again, lots of people can upload stuff and you rely on your technical partner to guide you through all that process. And moreover, if you go to vip.wordpress.com, they actually recommend some plugins that are also supported on the WordPress.com VIP platform. So just keep that in mind. Number three is lack of certification and of course, trust issues. Finding the right technical partner is not an easy feat. And the reason is last time I checked, uh, I was doing some research, browsing freelance.com, Upwork and some other freelance networks. And I found over 2 million people offering um, WordPress types of services. And again, we've discussed titles in a previous episode, but um, the important thing is you really have no easy way to understand whether a developer is good or not. We have a particular process in place. Uh, at DevRix, we do have a checklist of things. We ask people who claim to have plugin development skills and we vet them through that checklist and decide whether they're a good fit or not. But most people can't really afford that and can validate technical skills and so forth. So that's actually a problem. On the other hand, Drupal has that. They have the Aqua certification program and you have different levels for say site builder, a developer, front-end or back-end expert and, and other types of classifications under that. But uh, having that in WordPress, that's not really uh, a thing. But uh, what really matters is that there are several you know, established organizations in the space that have built platforms in, for enterprises. So, of course, when you look for a vendor, you, you look for experience, you look for portfolio, testimonials, reputation, everything else that comes in. Even if you work with a consultant, again, you expect them to have plugins hosted on WordPress.org or something on GitHub, uh, some props, some credentials, something that actually showcases their, their work. And that's, of course, one of the most important things when looking for a provider. And also keep in mind that the certifications could be worked around. I mean, uh, I can, I can, you know, if I run a major agency, I can guide a hundred people through that course, or I can probably find another way to just get the certification without necessarily having the skills for that. So again, just uh, it's a double-edged sword. A sword. It's generally a good thing, but not necessarily. So just keep that in mind. Number four is that enterprise is not really a focus of WordPress. And that again comes up quite often, but uh, in, in reality, that's not really the case. Of course, WordPress powers over 30% of the web. There are tons of uh, small websites and blogs, photographer portfolios, whatnot in built-in WordPress, but that doesn't mean that enterprises don't use WordPress. We have worked with banks, with uh, aircraft leasing vendors, with um, automotive manufacturers and uh, other high-scale enterprise corporations relying on WordPress. Also, uh, just as an example, Microsoft's blogs and uh, even Skype's blogs are based on top of uh, WordPress. 
and you can find tons of other instances for platforms built on top of WordPress. Of course, it's a different strategy, it's a different game, it's a different way to, to work with people, and most companies that decided to pick WordPress in the first place, uh, they had other projects and other platforms that they, they were using, and they wanted to consolidate those and make sure that onboarding is easier, user experience is better, and they can leverage specific integrations that uh, WordPress more or less offers by default. So again, it's not, uh, it's, it's not necessarily true. Sure, it's not a web content management platform specifically designed for the enterprise, but it doesn't mean that it won't really help enterprises. Number five <clears throat> is an incomplete deployment and delivery process. If you go to, uh, for example, to Datamark, you can see a very particular uh, detailed process of uh, different phases such as you know, capture, store, routing, delivery, preserving data, uh, having different classifications of content technologies and different types of classifications again, distribution of content, how's everything connected and whatnot. So with WordPress, again, since it's not particularly designed for enterprise, there's no one true path that you have to follow. You have different ways to make it work. Some may be good, some may be bad. Of course, many depend on the organization, on the company culture and, and other things in order to make it work properly. But enterprises uh, can actually leverage a decent flow. For example, you can, you can deploy on the AWS stack with um, Circle CI with Bamboo with Travis CI, you can do uh, you can write unit tests for WordPress. You can supplement those with integration and feature tests, with uh, UI testing, and lots lots of other things that could be built on top of WordPress. So the fact that there is no specific uh, design process for that, you now something that everyone should follow, doesn't mean that it's impossible. Uh, qu quite the opposite. You actually have the flexibility to implement something that. Uh, may be applicable in your use case instead of being constrained in a specific bracket. Number six is uh, scarcity when it comes to updates. So uh, for quite some time, for several years in a row, WordPress had been following a release cycle revolving around launching about three major releases a year. And back in 2017, WordPress decided to switch to a feature-based update-driven model, which means that major releases are actually uh, launched when a major uh, feature has been introduced to the platform, which is why WordPress 5.0, as of the time of the recording, has been delayed with a few months compared to the previous cycle because Gutenberg is still in the works. But in back in, I think, uh, WordPress 3.7, automatic WordPress updates were introduced. So it's a, it's a two-folded thing to keep in mind. First off, automatic updates are by default active for minor versions and minor versions are primarily designed to solve security issues. So again, you want to have this up and running because this is for the sake of security, which everyone really needs. Major updates are something that you need to perform yourself. And given the fact that only security is being accounted for in minor versions, along with some minor fixes, uh, you're not expected to get a broken website out of migrating to a minor version. So again, keep that, uh, keep that in mind. But uh, otherwise, of course, something may happen if you have the wrong plugins. Plugins written by authors who don't care about the WordPress core, who don't test extensively for future versions, or just bundling a bunch of plugins conflicting with uh, one another and preventing them to work uh, kind of alongside. 
Number seven is the lack of SOA packages for enterprises. That was uh, a bit weird, but when I dug further, I found that um, AWS uh, reported back in 2012 that uh, an outage on Amazon servers cost them $66,240 per minute. And given, you know, knowing that a major organization, of course, loses tons of money for every minute of downtime or every minute of slow delays, low load times and so on and so on. And, um, you know, when you work with an agency on an enterprise contract, you want to make sure that all uh, involved parties are aligned together and you have the SOA in place and you have everything that you need in order to start and um, nurture the deal. And of course, most companies do provide SOA, uh, of, especially when they are working with enterprises. So that's a standard part of the deal if you work with the corresponding agencies. Number eight, of course, is WordPress can scale well. Um, as, a, as an example, one of the platforms we are working on right now generates uh, about 950 million views a month on top of WordPress. So again, it's, um, it's a publisher, of course, uh, generating tons of content and they are able to scale that specific traffic easily. WordPress.com, uh, as introduced uh, in a WordCamp talk by Leo Polikronov in 2012, that was about six years ago, reported it as, uh, during uh, WordCamp San Francisco that WordPress.com serves 115 million page views per day. Again, we're talking about, uh, I don't know, three and a half billion pages a day or something. And that was eight years ago. I'm pretty sure we are talking about five, six, eight, probably 10 billion pages a month right now, if not more. So that's definitely something that could scale. So scalability usually happens through four different reasons. Consistently high traffic, something that you need to sustain over a, an uh, extensive period of time. Large volumes of content, making sure that your database can handle that large customer base, making sure that users can browse non-cache content and traffic peaks. But each of those has its uh, uh, kind of life hack. Each of those could be tackled separately. You can optimize resources. You can, of course, upgrade to a, a larger hosting container. And again, there are other ways to, to tackle that problem. So those are the, the first eight obstacles we hear from enterprises more often than not when it comes to WordPress. And uh, that's what we found out and that's essentially what we explained during our sales call. So feel free to use that if you're a, a vendor. Of course, make sure you back, back this up with your own data, with your own experience, uh, without misrepresenting anything. But uh, that's, that's essentially the truth and you can find the most recent stats on each of those areas and decide whether a specific business is a good fit for WordPress or not. That's all for now. Um, a few weeks later, I'm going to make sure that we will publish the other seven obstacles that enterprise report. Until then, stay tuned.